Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Hey guys, it's great to be with you again. Today we begin a new series called Thankful. You know, as we're heading towards Thanksgiving later this month and towards the end of 2020, aren't you glad about that one? Wow. Yeah, I can't think of a better way to end the month and head towards the new year than to sort of investigate what it means to be genuinely thankful. So we're going to begin by talking about this idea of what thankfulness is not. Okay, as I was preparing for this message, I came across a sort of a number of faulty ideas about what it meant to be thankful. Uh, just a couple of them that I came across, maybe the most common ones, are this. One of the ideas was, uh, I'm thankful, so God will give me more, right? Hey, if I just tell God how grateful I am for his blessings, I'm going to get more. And it's really a very self-serving, self-focused kind of thing, right? Start trying to manipulate God. I'll be thankful. He gives me more. It's all about me. The other thing I came across was really sort of the same thing about it's all about me. It says, God, I'm sort of thankful that uh, I'm so great, <laughs> right? So uh, uh, it was the idea that, hey, God, uh, thanks for blessing me with a strong worth ethic so I can work so hard. Thanks for making me so determined that I don't give up on maybe 99 other people of 100 give up, but not me. And that's because you gave that to me. And by thanking God, they really focusing on themselves. It's very self-focused and it sort of minimizes God and really sort of elevates themselves. So what does it mean to be thankful? Well, let's take around a couple of words using the Bible that thankfulness comes from. So in the Old Testament, the word that's translated thankful is used oh, about a little over 100 times, 102 times to be exact. The most common word that is translated thankful is the word uh, yad, yad, okay? Uh, what that word means is to acknowledge what's right about God in praise and thanksgiving. So acknowledging what's right about God in praise and thanksgiving. That's the Old Testament sort of perspective on thanksgiving, being thankful. In the New Testament, the word thankful is used about 71 times. Uh, the most common uh, word that's translated thankful is the word eucharisto, eucharisto. It's really where you get the, the word eucharist from. It, 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 it comes from the Last Supper where Jesus was breaking the bread and, and sharing the wine and sort of having the Last Supper, which was the First Communion. So he's sort of having that. And the word for he gave thanks comes from that word. And what it, what, how it's used in the New Testament, it says to show oneself uh, grateful, to be thankful, and to give thanks. So to show oneself grateful, to be thankful, or to give thanks. So what I'd like to do is look at a, an example, a story, an account in the Bible that sort of demonstrates or shows what it means to be thankful and to have a genuine heart attitude of thankfulness towards God in this situation. So uh, we're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 17, 
This is the account where Jesus heals 10 men who were lepers. Now, leprosy was a fatal, non-curable disease back in biblical times. If you got leprosy, you were going to die. Your body was slowly going to deteriorate and fall apart. Uh, and you had to be separated. They isolated you away from all the rest of the community. You're an outcast. Uh, if there was multiple people who had it, they would group together and sort of have a leper colony kind of thing. But they were all outcast. So the story picks up. Jesus is walking to Jerusalem, sort of through uh, Samaria on one side and uh, Galilee on the other side. So I'm going to pick it up in verse 11. It says this. Now, on his way to Jerusalem... Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, because they couldn't come near, so they had to stay away and call out in a loud voice, Master, have pity on us. And when Jesus saw him, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. Now that's sort of weird, but what, what this was, was in the Old Testament, the prophecies were when Messiah came, he would heal people of leprosy. Problem is, that had never happened in the Jewish community up to this point. So when Jesus sent them to the temple, when he sent them to go show themselves to the priest, this was to be a sign that Messiah had shown up. So it was pretty amazing what he was asking them to do, because they'd never seen this happen before. So as they went, it says they were cleansed, as they were going towards the priest, they were cleansed. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. He was the exact person who everyone would have felt would not have come back. Jesus was Jewish. He was a Samaritan. Just like the story of the Good Samaritan, there was all this uh, uh, ethnical, racial divide and, and conflict there. And they felt that that would never happen. But it was this guy, this Samaritan, who came back. So Jesus asked, We're not all ten cleansed? Where's the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So this is a pretty incredible story. And from this, there's just a couple of insights that I want to talk about that might help us understand what it means to have genuine thankfulness. Uh, the first insight is this. Genuine thankfulness is a heart attitude that leads to humble praise. So genuine thankfulness is a heart attitude that leads to humble praise. You notice this man, as, as he went away, when Jesus said, go show yourself to the priests, as he was leaving, um, and he realized he was healed of leprosy, it broke his heart. It overjoyed, gave him joy. He was overjoyed. It says he came back. He was sort of drawn to the source of his blessing, not just celebrate the blessing he received, but drawn to the source of his blessing. He was praising God. His, his heart attitude was praising God. He acknowledged God as a source of his blessing. And it says he threw himself down. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. It was a, a, um, an attitude of humility. He humbled himself and he thanked Jesus for the blessing he just received. And the question I have to ask myself as I read the story is, man, uh, where does the attitude of my heart lead me? 
does it lead me back to Jesus? Does it lead me back to the one who gave the blessing? Or am I going about my merry way, excited about the blessing I received and not going back to thank the one who blessed me in the first place? The second thing I see in this story is one of the insights we gain is this, is that genuine thankfulness begins with who God is, not just how he's blessed us. Okay, genuine thankfulness begins with who God is and not just how he has blessed us. See, the nine, all ten left, but nine were just focused on their blessing. Man, they were pumped. They were excited. They're healed. They can go back to their families. They can go back to their communities. They can be accepted. They can go to the temple. All these things, they're focused on their blessing. But only one, the Samaritan, was focused on the giver of that blessing, on who God was. It says he went on his way and he was praising God in a loud voice, right? And he understood that it was God who blessed him and that the Messiah was here and that the Messiah had blessed him and he was going back to the source of that blessing. So the question I have to ask myself as I read this account is, am I more thankful for the blessings in my life or for the Lord who blessed me? Am I more thankful for the blessings in my life or the Lord who blessed me? Powerful questions that make me think about that. Genuine thankfulness is a hard attitude that leads to humble praise. And genuine thankfulness begins with who God is and not just how he's blessed us. So as I, I close this thing off tonight, I, I want to, rather than share a story of myself or my own words, I want to share a story from a man who knew very well what it meant to be thankful. As a matter of fact, he wrote most of the Psalms, and most of the Psalms that focused on thankfulness was written by King David. And he wrote this Psalm, I just want to read it slowly and let his words sink in as we think about this idea about what does it mean to be thankful. Uh, it's Psalm 100, it's only five verses, but it's powerful, and I encourage you, Go to take this week, go back this week and look up that Psalm 100 and read it over a couple times and think about this concept. What is David teaching us about what it means to be thankful? So uh, in my Bible, under the Psalms 100, the little subtitle says, A Psalm for Giving Grateful Praise. So in verse 1, it says this, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Can you sense the joy that sort of springs from the heart of genuine thankfulness? Here's David, and he's talking about this idea of joy and thankfulness. Mentions it a couple times there. It just springs out of his heart. That's genuine thankfulness. It's not manipulation. It's not focused on himself. It springs out of the overflow of his heart. Look at verse 3. It says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Can you sort of feel the intimacy there that exists between the creator and his child, between the shepherd and the sheep? There's this powerful dynamic. As David humbly 
uh, is thankful to God, he recognizes that he's in a relationship with the creator God who has blessed him in so many ways. And that sense of intimacy leads him to a humble heart, leads him to a thankful heart, and leads him to the to the point of uh, understanding that God is a blesser and he's thankful to the blesser and not just about the blessing. Look at verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Can you hear the, the humble praise that flows from his heart? Just like the, the uh, leper who came back and threw himself at the feet of Jesus in a position of humble, a position of humility. David does the same thing. He recognizes that he's not worthy of the blessings that God freely gives him. And he's very thankful and very humble because of that. And then finally, in verse 5, he says this, For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. You can just see the thankfulness that really begins with the character of God. He says, God is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. He focuses on who God is and is uh, humbly thankful for his intimate relationship with God, not just the blessings he pours upon himself, or God has poured upon him, rather. So this week, as you um, meet in your MCs or as you think through this personally, uh, and I encourage you to take a little time to do that. Here's a couple of questions that we want to ask to sort of kick off this discussion. Okay, these questions are designed for the head, heart, and hand, and they walk us through the process. So here's the first one. Uh, go around your MC group or by yourself if you're not with your group and express your thankfulness for who God is and how he has blessed you. Go around your MC group or by yourself, and express your thankfulness for who God is and how he has blessed you. The second question is this. Uh, what is an obstacle in your heart or mind that may hinder you from being genuinely thankful? What is an obstacle in your heart or mind that may hinder you from being genuinely thankful? This one's a little painful, maybe, to go through. This one may hurt a little bit, had to dig a little bit, but think about it. Is there something there? And if there is, can we name it? And then finally, the, the last one's really not much of a question. It's more of a challenge. It's uh, be intentional this week about expressing to the Lord and to others genuine thankfulness for the blessing they are in your life. So be intentional this week about expressing to the Lord and to others genuine thankfulness for the blessing they are in your life. Well, guys, thank you for the opportunity just to sort of be together tonight, sort of kick off this new series and talk about the overall premise of the overall perspective of what it means to be thankful and what it means to be genuinely thankful uh, for the blessings that God has given us and for who God is as a blesser. Thanks so much, guys. Love you so much. Miss you. Look forward to seeing you at our next in-person gathering if you're able to make it. Uh, have a wonderful week. And remember, practice uh, and try to experience genuine thankfulness this week. Good night.